What's up, Agents for Life? It's so good to be back with you. Welcome to podcast number 132. I hope that you are having a wonderful week, regardless of the results. If you're like me, you're not having a great week. But you know what? We all have to remember it's about the journey, not about the end game. And if we keep at it, we win. We can lose the battles as long as we win the war. So keep the big vision in mind here on what we're doing. Um, I don't really have much to report from the field, except it just seems to be that, uh, in from my perspective, there seems to be a lot of uh, finicky in the air right now. There's a lot of people that are schedule- rescheduling, um, some no-shows. My close ratio has been a little lower, but um, and a few weird isolated cases of people you know, um, being uncomfortable handing over banking information or whatever. So... Um, not a great week. I'm hoping I can save my week today and tomorrow. I still got appointments left that uh, I'm running. But uh, besides that, life is good. Why? Because I love the journey. I love the challenge. I know it's not always easy, and I'm glad you are here and that we're doing this together. I have some thoughts today that I hope will help you. I've read a book recently, or I'm almost done with it, but it's called Exactly What to Say. And this is like, I seriously could sit down and probably read this whole thing in about an hour or two hours. And if you haven't read it yet, I'd recommend it. But it's a great little book. It just gives us little nuggets on things we can say. And I'm going to split this into two podcasts because it's worth every suggestion here that I've heard him talk about has been great. Um, And these are just little things that you can implement in your sales presentation um, when you're on appointments and things where... It can help you through either objections or where there's an awkwardness, you're not sure what to say, or to keep things moving forward in a place where you're not sure how to keep things moving forward, a lot of different scenarios. So this first one, and you can write these down, I'm going to go through 10 this week and cover the rest next week. Um, It's kind of a, a takeaway approach. It says, I'm not sure if this is for you, but, and for example... I'm not sure if this is for you, but um, this option is available for, you know, this month only, and I would hate for you to miss out if it was something on a sale. But I'm not sure if it's for you or not, but, and people tend to gravitate towards what they can't get. So it's not a bad idea to go for the no slightly by um, posturing yourself with, you know, I'm not sure if this is for you or not. I like to start my appointments out talking about how I don't know for sure if I can get you covered or not. But let's see if we can try. It makes them want to try because it's not just a free handout for everybody. Everybody wants to to get what they can't, what's hard to get. So um, number two, um, open-minded. So would you be open-minded about X, right? If I could could get that mortgage protected for you, would you be open-minded about some good options that fit in your budget, or, or just using the phrase, would you be open-minded? Nobody wants to say no to that. No, I'm closed-minded. Well, of course they're open-minded. So it's an easy question to get a yes answer from. Would you be open-minded to seeing what the numbers look like? Um, you might use that open-minded phrase in your prospecting when you are dialing or texting and you get a little bit of back and forth from people. Here's number three. Um, what do you know? So um, it's good to get a background and a basis for what they already know. So what do you already know about mortgage protection? And I'm just taking these questions into our field, but you can apply them anywhere. 
what do you already know about our business or how we do things differently or what's changed in the industry or what do you know about this or what do you know about that? Any, any type of background information, you're giving them a chance to open up and give you more information about what they already know. And a lot of times attached to that is what they're kind of looking for. So you can get a really good, you can a lot of times get a really good um, answer, some really good nuggets from their response just by simply asking what they already know about it before you get started. Uh, number four, how would you feel if, now this is an interesting question because it evokes the emotion. It taps into emotion. Insurance is an emotional decision backed by the logic of the numbers, okay? But it's emotional first. And that's why we have to tap into their why and understand their need because it's that's all emotions. What is life going to look like when you lose your spouse? That's a very emotional uh, chain of thoughts that you have to go through. Like, oh my gosh, you know, the house is empty now. What are you going to do? And where are you? How are you going to pay the mortgage? So, um, this question I like because it, it does tap into that. How would you feel, for example, if this decision led to um, blank? Or how would you feel if your competition passed you? How would you feel if you turned this around or if you lost everything? How would you feel if, and then play out a scenario? Now, those obviously were examples from other industries, but in our industry, you know, how would you feel if you weren't able to work because you were going through chemotherapy and you didn't have any source of income? How would you feel is a great way to preface those types of questions. All right, number five, you hear Barry Clarkson use this one a lot. Just imagine, right? Painting the picture. I like to use this when I'm talking about their pain, when I'm exploring their pain with them. Just imagine if you would, and then fill in the blank. Just imagine if your wife didn't make it home, Mr. Jones, how would you feel or what would you do? What would life look like? How would you make the mortgage payment? Just imagine, just by simply asking that, saying the words, just imagine, you start triggering their imagination. And they start picturing things that evoke emotion, right? So I really like that one as well. Just a little phrase to add on to what you're currently saying. Just imagine, if you would, X, Y, Z, and then move forward talking about the pain or whatever it is. Um, the next one is when would be a good time? This is number six. When would be a good time for you to take a proper look at this? When would be a good time to get started? You know, I want to think about it. Well, when would be a good time to start? When would be, a, I'm not sure about, you know, setting an appointment. I, I can't meet this week. Okay, when would be a good time to make to, to take a, a look at this for us to get together? Um, this is a great, uh, a great phrase because it asks for a specific answer. Um, it, it's saying, when, when are you available? I know you're not available, but when is a good time? And, and uh, so when would be a good time? Um, that's number six. Number seven, I'm guessing you haven't gotten around to blank. All right, now that one's kind of an interesting one. Um, when you get back in touch with someone and, they, and they, they're humming and hawing, they haven't gotten around to it, he says that by assuming they haven't, you give them permission to admit the truth. Otherwise, they have to put up a smoke screen because nobody likes to admit that they failed. They told you they would look into it. Yeah, you ever had the, the, the think about it, they say, get back to me, and you reschedule for a follow-up. As hard as we try, sometimes, sometimes we get those, right? 
and you get back in touch with somebody and you just know they haven't done they've been busy right and then they give you excuses because what else are they going to do they haven't done what they said they were going to do and to save face you can you can you can put that out there for them and say you know i'm guessing you haven't been able to get around to looking at those numbers yet right that way they 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 bring down the smoke screen and they can start being honest with you about how to move forward. So it kind of levels out the playing field and it makes it so that you can have an important, um, authentic conversation moving forward without any, um, any more smokescreen, right? Because it kind of breaks down that barrier. So it gives them permission to admit that they really haven't done anything like they said they were going to. So um, there's another one that you can keep in your back pocket. I'm guessing you haven't gotten around to blank. And then they can confirm, yes, it's a lot easier for them to do that. Again, this works best. All of these work best when we make it easy for the person we're talking to to commit, to make a sale, to make an appointment. To Our job is to make it easy for them. And little phrases that we can say and things we can do to serve things up can make that a lot easier for them. All right, number eight is called simple swaps. Um, so swap the phrase, do you have any questions? Instead of saying that, say, what questions do you have for me? Because if they have questions, then you say, do you have any questions? And they're thinking, yeah, I don't wanna ask that question because I might look dumb, right? Have you ever been in a class where the teacher says, anybody have any questions? And you have a question, but you don't raise your hand. Because you're like, well, what if I'm the only one that has a question? Everybody thinks I look. Everybody thinks that I look dumb because of it. Um, so instead, assume they have questions. Say, now what questions do you have for me? That's likely to to bring about a much better response rather than a yes or no. Do you have any questions? So just swapping that phraseology around um, can make a big difference. Um, okay, let's see number nine. Three options, love this one. You have three options. You know when I'm talking about serving up pricing, we're doing it in threes. The reason why, there's a psychology with threes and I don't know how to explain it. I'm not a psychology major. I've just heard that we do best as humans when we're presented with just a small handful of choices. Now two choices, I mean one choice is, is pretty much me deciding for them. Right, two choices. It's either a black, black or white. It's like a yes or a no. There's no in between. So three is kind of a magic number. Four is an awkward number to work with, and five it starts to get too many. But three is a nice sweet spot. So when I serve up my numbers, I always serve low, medium, and high. Full mortgage payoff if I can, or a, like if we're talking about a final expense, it's six months, one year, and eighteen months worth of mortgage payments, or a year, two years, and three years, or whatever brings brings their pricing into a reasonable amount. I want one of my prices to be well under $100. And then from there it can go up. But low, medium, and high, three options. There's something about serving up three options. So the examples that they give are that um, there's three options. What would be best for you? Now, if they're humming and hawing, I'll take one away. I'll say, you know what? This, based on what I'm hearing, I, probably this one's too, and I'll, it'll almost always be the highest. This one's probably gonna be too expensive. I don't wanna pinch your budget. So let's just go ahead and take that one off the, the table, leaving low and medium. So now, what? but they were presented with three. We took one off together. 
So it's okay now. We only have two, and then they can just pick one between the two. So that's an easy. That's a process that helps them make the decision decision much easier. And I always default to, you know what? I'm I'm sensing a little concern, and I don't want to pinch your budget. Why don't we go ahead and start with the small one? Because we can always go and add more later. But that way, at least you have something for now, and uh, and we can revisit this a year from now to see if it makes sense to add more. Does that sound like a good way to start? So at least you have something. Because wouldn't you agree with me, something is better than nothing, right? So love that, giving them three options. The next one is there's two types of people. So um, those, uh, so for example, here's the examples that they give. There are two types of people in the world. Those who leave their personal financial success in the hands of their employers and those who take full responsibility and build their own futures. Well, he's talking about us right there, right? There are two types of people. Here's another one. Those who judge something before they have even tried and those who are prepared to try something and base their opinion on their own experience. So in our case, you know, what would what would it be like? There are two types of people. Those who get insurance when they're looking at it, when they know they're the youngest they're ever going to be. And then those who put it off and say they want to think about it and don't ever get around to doing it. And then when something happens, wish they'd had, wish they had. See, I'm painting a picture of which of those two people are you going to be? There are, there are two types of people, and then let them decide. So that was number 10, and I'm going to give a bonus one. Number 11, we'll do the rest next week. These are good. These I love these. These are just little mini phrases you can pepper into your presentation as needed and make a world of difference. This one is, I bet you're a bit like me. So... I bet you're a bit like me when you enjoy working hard, knowing that it pays dividends in the future. I bet you're a bit like me, hating to watch a trashy TV in the evening and would rather work on something beneficial. Of course, those are examples not specifically related to our industry, but bringing those into mortgage protection, I bet you're a bit like me in that you want to keep your family or your spouse or your kids or whoever they have in a good position financially should something happen to you. I like to relate them to me. I love this one. I don't use this one enough, but I there are a lot of successful agents who, who use their own story and their own situation. I know Eric Valdez has taught this a lot about liking it to your situation. You know, Mr. Prospect, you know, I have a wife. I've got five kids and that's true for me. I've got five kids. If you're anything like me, you want to make sure first and foremost that they, if, if I die, they're not move, they're not leave they don't have to lose the house they have at the, at the at the very least they have a place to stay and a roof over their head if you're anything like me you're like that and what that will do is make the prospect want to step up and say yes i am like you because who would want to who would not want to agree with that who would want to say no i'm not like you i really don't care about my family if i die right no one's going to do that again we want to make it easy for them to go down this logical thought process to where they can make a simple, easy, informed decision. So relating to them by using the phrase, I bet you're a bit like me, um, can do that, can bring you in together. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to stop there. There's really good ones coming up. Next week, I'm going to go through the rest of these with you. Um, but get the book if you haven't, or you know, if you want to just listen to this again, that's the gist of it so far. But it's a great book, and these are little things that we can say in every appointment or while we're booking appointments or any, you know, anytime we're interacting with people. I mean, these are good phrases to learn just in general 
to get people to want to listen or want to buy from you or want to do business with you in some way. So I hope this has been helpful. Listen, if you didn't have a good week, shake it off. Just shake it off. That's what I'm doing. I'm shaking. I got. We got two more days. Well, I'm recording this on Thursday, but if you're listening to it on Friday, you still have time before the end of the week. It ain't over till it's over, right? So don't give up on yourself. Keep at it. We are, if, if your snowball is at the top of the hill, you're packing and pushing and, and rolling manually. I, I'm telling you, if you hang in there, get it to the edge of the hill and keep going. It's going to get momentum. Gravity's going to take over and you will feel that kick in and, and you'll get that momentum going. But sometimes we're, we're the, the snowball at the top of the hill and sometimes our snowball's in motion and growing and we're just having a hard time keeping up. So I'm just, I'm just letting you know wherever you are in your journey, enjoy the journey. Pick yourself back up, dust yourself off. We are entrepreneurs. This is what America is made of. This is not an easy game, but we embrace the journey wholeheartedly and we embrace it willingly knowing we're fighting the good fight every day and we're doing it to protect families and we're making a difference, okay? So don't ever forget that. Thank you for listening. Have an awesome week and I look forward to sharing the rest of this book with you next week. Mm-hmm.